Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Hello Simon, how are you? I'm fine, Jackie. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Now, are you prepared for Halloween? Is it something you join in with? Well, I used to. Uh, when my daughter was younger, mm-hmm. we'd have a party at the house. Oh, very nice. All her friends would come round, they'd buy all, all these you know, witches' outfits and all the rest of it. Nowadays, I'll probably just treat myself to a bag of treacle toffee. <laughs> Do you get any people knocking on your door? No, I live on the sixth floor in an apartment, which oh. is uh, handy, really. It's very handy, isn't it? But I can't see there being a lot of people out this time. I think there'll be a lot of police out uh, <laughs> keeping an eye on the kids this time. Bit sad, isn't it, for the little ones? Well, absolutely, yeah. You know, the ones around 10, between 6 and 10, age. Yeah, what's mum and dad, how are they going to entertain? I know, because they want to kids. go out, they get excited, they want to dress up and yeah. go house to house and see what they can get. You're not, you're not really going to want people going door-to-door, are you? No, I'm surprised, really, during this lockdown um, pandemic, just how little people you do see, you know, gangs of lads and that walking around. But they're all sat inside, I guess. This is going to be a nightmare for people, because usually what you do is, like you say, you get the kids' friends around, don't you, and then they entertain themselves. Get a tub of toffees. Yes. From Tesco. Did you ever do apple bobbing? I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Where yeah. you hang it from the ceiling? Oh, no, in the water. Oh. Where you have to get it with your mouth. Yeah. Didn't really enjoy it, really, if I'm honest. No, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard to get an apple in your mouth when you're a ten-year-old. You couldn't do it. With Granny Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's rock hard. And did you ever do the pumpkin? I did. Now I really enjoyed doing that, um, you know, cutting out a face. See some great designs nowadays, Jackie. Have you seen some of them? Oh, some of them are fantastic. Aren't they brilliant? I mean, they're works of art. But I remember when we were younger, didn't we used to have to do it with a turnip? (laughs) 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 What sort of face would that be? Well, it was rock hard. It was either a a swede or a turnip. Turnips? I've never cut a face out of a turnip. I can remember my mum, she was probably laughing her head off, setting us off with a spoon... You know, to try and get the middle out. Right, yeah. This was not. We didn't used to have They're pumpkins. They're quite woody, aren't they, the flesh of a turnip? You know, when you pull them out of the ground. Well, they take forever to try and You get... have to cook them for a long time. <laughs> I like them with a bit of uh, honey over them. Oh, I... You know, the I... Sunday roast. Yeah, I absolutely love them cooked. Yeah. But with a spoon, trying to carve them, no thank well, you. Well, you'd need a knife, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, uh, so do you think you might get a pumpkin? Probably. I might do, actually. Why not? Yeah, and put Why it in not? your window. Somebody might, you know, see it from down on the street there and go, oh, look at that pumpkin. What a great job they've done. <laughs> Got any ideas for designs? Well, there's loads, and you can get them where you stick on the front, don't you? And you can cut round it. Oh, like a stencil? Yes. Oh, oh, tell me more. And they look great you get them when from? you've online. finished. You can go online and get them. Right. I must have a look at that, then. We'd better yeah. get a move on that. Do you know what we should do is, you do one and I'll do one. <laughs> And we can get people to vote for the best one. It's, it's a deal. Right, Bring brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. OK, we're up to the letter U. So what's your first letter U? My first U is United's treble-winning season 1999. 
finally winning the European Cup after 30-odd years, the proper European Cup. Very exciting time. Had a great team. And only just before that final, I'd uh, knocked back Steady, Teddy Sheringham outside the Bull's Head. I think I mentioned that once to you before, when I was taxi driving. And what did you do? He tried to get in my taxi, basically. I knew where he lived. It was pouring down. I was outside the Bull's Head waiting for a fare. The girl from Brookside, whose name escapes me, and I was taking her to Liverpool back home, you see. Look at you with all your showbiz (laughs) people in your car. Teddy comes along, sad figure of a man, really, hunched up, and it was pouring down late, about midnight. I said, excuse me, mate, you couldn't take me back home, will you? Uh, I only live down the road, and I said, yeah, I know where you live, but I've got somebody waiting here for a 50, 60 quid uh, ride over to Liverpool. So, basically, I felt really sorry for him as he trundled down the road into the darkness. Could you not have dropped him off on the way? I could have got there and took him back, but I didn't want to risk losing the 50 quid. No, that's true. It was going to be a cash job. Don't worry, I'm sure he's not held it against you. No, I know, but uh, then he goes and scores in um, this cup final in Barcelona. I was watching it with my good friend in the Goldfinger, percussionist, when we were playing in the Ian Brown Band, in Belfast, which was amazing because big reds over there in Belfast. We had adjoining rooms in there and I, <laughs> with a door in between. Like a sitcom? Yeah, it was, um, like the odd couple or something. <laughs> but so we had the door open. I used to hang out with Indra all the time on the road during those years. Dead funny guy, love him to bits. Always put a smile on your face. You know, he knows how to do things, you know, correctly. Uh, whatever it is, if, you know, leave it with him and he'll, he can sort it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we're waiting for a taxi to go to the gig. Can't remember the name of the gig. Could have been the limelight. Is that in Belfast? Um, anyway, extra time. It's one all. Uh, and the ball comes, Ollie. He was in the right place at the right time and knocked it in, amazing time. And then it was time we had to rush down, get a taxi or whatever, a car to the gig. And it was a great atmosphere, basically, uh, when we got there. And I just always remember it, you know. I think my sister and my brother were at that game. Were they? They used to go, yeah. And even though I was a City fan... You were jealous? No, I was delighted for them that they won because all I kept thinking is they've travelled all that way. I wanted them to win. They've been since when you've lost. I don't want to dwell on that, Simon. But they have been in Europe and, you know, they've gone all that way. My brother on his 40th birthday and they lost as well. City, you mean? No, United. (laughs) The rest of my family are all Reds. Right. Well, uh, let's see what happens next year. But as I say... But that's why I think the fans love... Ole, isn't it? It stems from that. I mean, he was a good player anyway. Are they keeping patience with him? I'm not so sure. What, what, what do you think? I just, I don't know. I thought he was great for the club. He had a smile on his face. You know, a lot of them, uh, you know, mean-spirited looking, aren't they? <laughs> These managers. He's got a funny accent, hasn't he? He has, but <laughs> he, uh, he is young and uh, he's had how many years now? Three. Are you giving him a chance then? I'm going to give him another this season. It's so different, you see. It must be if you're playing a game of football with no crowd there. You've got a G1, surely, if you're a player and you're doing it and you want to be successful. That's got to help you. You know, people either booing you. 
It's whether you can handle it or not. Yeah, oh, or you, can, you can definitely, I think, push a team along, can't you, if you get behind them? Yeah, yeah, you can, there's no doubt about it. So you're giving him a chance. Let's see to the I'm, end I'm of the season. I'm going to give him another, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. So. I hope you're listening, Ole. You've got, <laughs> you've got another year. So we'll see what happens there. Teddy Sheringham, what a great player he was. Great in the air. Good finisher. And uh, I'm so sorry that I didn't pick you up. He won't be listening, but... <laughs> My next you, Jackie, is UCP Products. Now... It's something that my dad used to eat when I was a kid. Tripe. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you're a vegetarian. Yeah. Would you have ever tried something like that age eight, nine? No. No. Well, I did, and I didn't, I didn't think much of it. But it was um, made, well, produced by UCP, Urban Cattle Products, which was a, uh, used to see it on stickers in butchers all over, you know, all over the northwest. Right. UCP products sold here, it said. I think it was a green emblem. They even used to have UCP cafes where they'd sell you awful, you know, to eat. There was one on Pall Mall on Market Street in Manchester, four floors high. We could go and get a black pudding if you fancied, you know, for your lunch. They didn't shut till about the late 70s, these places. So what was on offer? Tripe, black pudding? Awful. Oh, you are awful. <laughs> <laughs> and the only time I ever saw my dad cook anything at all, because my mum did it all, was when he used to get his tripe from the UCP shop, stroke supplier, and he poached it in milk. Oh, my word, it's getting yeah, worse. With salt and pepper, like it was a big ceremony that he did. He had to do it right, but I can understand that. Having got a sitting girl certificate in catering myself, that you want to get it right. You may have put vinegar in, I'm not sure. Uh, just to tart it up a bit. And what are you eating that with then? I can't remember what he had with it, to be honest. But it was just so spongy. Somebody I used to work with, Johnny, used to talk about bread and dripping sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. that that's in the same family? I don't know whether they sold that as well. Probably did, if it was a beef product. I think they might have done milk as well, UCP. Well, isn't it funny that dads would only cook certain things because my dad would only do the fry up on a Sunday. Sunday was my mum's lying day. And then he would have one of our cardigans tied round his waist. Right. You know, to get the fat splashes. And, uh, oh, what, what off his trousers? Yeah. <laughs> and so he'd be cooking up. And I can remember him pouring the fat from the bacon pan. Yeah. Because every bit of bacon was fried, wasn't it, in those yeah, days? Yeah, no, no, no grilling. grilling no. And then you'd pour the bacon fat into the beans. I remember that being a right. thing. What, the, the waste paper bin? The dustbins? No, the beans. <laughs> <laughs> Not the beans. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I know it's a lot of goodness in that, so why wouldn't you use it? Exactly. You know? My dad still cooks everything in lard. They used to call tripe the um, Lancashire Calamari, you know, as a nickname. Did anybody ever fall for it? <laughs> Well, it's kind of a street food, really, when you think about it. I don't think it costs very much. Probably calamari, you know, if you go to a market abroad, doesn't cost much either. So, you know, it's street food. So I can understand it being, you know, given that little um, nickname there. And do you like black pudding, white pudding? Uh, I like, well, I don't mind a little tiny bit of black pudding. don't want to offend anybody, you know, out there. <laughs> 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 Vegetarian. 
But I prefer fruit pudding when you, when you go to Scotland. Oh, what's that? Well, it's a, a white pudding made of fruit and suet, and you have it with a fry-up in a slice. I went on holiday once and met this Scottish guy. We got chatting, I told him how much I liked it. He sent me a great, great big thing <laughs> through the post. Really nice, yes. Currants in it, sultanas. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah, you fry it, you know, like, like you would with a bit of bacon. Yeah, really good. So, yeah, I can remember my dad doing that. Well, as I say, that's the only time he ever cooked anything. And were you all eating it when he was cooking no, it? No, no, we didn't eat it. Oh, it was for him? Yeah, yeah. Did your, mom eat, did your mum eat it? I don't think she did, no. No, she was a good cook, my mum. Used to do chicken a la orange, you know, in the 70s. Oh, that's fancy. That was one of my favourite ones, yeah. It was rice and what have you. So, yeah, that's UCP try. <laughs> my next you is Uncle Eddie Waring, as some people call him. Sports, well, rugby league commentator in the 70s. Up and under. That's right, yeah. Um, I didn't think you would have heard of him being I can remember. Than me. That's the only thing I can remember about him. Right, well, that was my thing. Uh, up, up and under. That was his uh, catchphrase. And he, he, he was, I think he might have been one of the first people to go, yeah, that lad there, Tom, he's a good lad, but uh, he's been sent off now and uh, he's, going to, he's going to have an early bath by the look of it. And he used to like to roll his R's. But he was on the telly all the time. Because there was only three channels. <laughs> so Saturday morning, it'd be raining, winter, you'd put the TV on, and that'd be on. I never got into rugby at all. Wrong shape, ball, everything. You didn't play it at school? I played it once when I was at Alty Grammar, and the, the football pitch was waterlogged. So we were all told, well, I was picked to go and play on the rugby team, just for the want, up by the swamp where we put the drum kit. Before <laughs> that. <laughs> and... I got the ball and I beat about eight players and touched down, you know, on my own. And they said, oh, you must come and join, you know, we want, can you play this Saturday against, you know, whatever school, Wigan High School or whatever. I said, no, I, I can't. I, well, I didn't want to do it anyway. It wasn't for me at all. Yeah, but it sounds like you were talented and gifted. I think probably all the other ones were rubbish. <laughs> I know that's why they wanted you to play for them. <laughs> no, I was into soccer, you see. So, uh, and also, one of my classmates was having a bar mitzvah, which was I was invited to. So you just wanted to go to a party? Well, I had to go, but he'd been inviting me. I know, but you know. your rugby career could have taken off. No, it was never going to happen. I just wasn't into it. Same with uh, wrestling, you know, on a Saturday morning. With Big Daddy? Great, wasn't it? Yeah. I preferred watching that. In fact, I didn't like watching the rugby at all, but his voice... Uncle Eddie. <laughs> he <laughs> Uncle made, Eddie he made, made it interesting. They tried yeah. to get rid of him, you know, the BBC, because he was a um, caricature of a northern man, you know, a bit like Fred Truman and uh, Indoor League. Al Sidi. The wrestling, great, them old grannies, you know, they must have been plant, surely. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I think the whole thing With was an just... umbrella. Get off him, get oh, off him. It was just brilliant, but I remember going to the Withinshaw Forum Oh yeah, to I used watch. to go there. Well, do you not remember they used what, to the wrestling? They brought the, <laughs> they brought the wrestlers, yeah, and it was awful. Who was there? Giant Ace People like that. It was yeah. from Presswitch, wasn't it? I found it really horrific. 
they were so big and they were firing them everywhere. Obviously, it didn't dawn on me at that point that they were all just sort of play acting. Yeah. I thought he was really trying to kill him. Right. So yeah. I, f- I found it all a bit too violent. I used to like it when they used to go bounce on the on the ropes on either side. Yeah, and then go flying forward yeah. again. And eventually they'd hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> Someone would go flying. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was only three channels and it might have been on World of Sport on a Saturday morning, you know, when you, when you got up and there's nothing to do. And... It was good because there was a variety of things on it. What else was there? On sport. Well, they'd do anything. You might have a bit of gymnastics or athletics or skiing. Sometimes they'd have that on. Yeah, in the winter. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So it was a good good programme. But uh, Eddie, going back to Uncle Eddie, he, um, the BBC just thought, no, we don't want this, you know, it's... We don't want our commentators to sound like that. But, of course, it's all gone round the other way now. I was listening to Radio 1, the news, the other day with this Welsh lad. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I could understand him. I'll give him that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think this is the, the problem, isn't it, with positive discrimination. <laughs> so what it's called nowadays? Yeah, where they, they try and force certain accents as well. They say we didn't have any accents at all. Now they've got the opposite. And now they've gone completely right. the other way. They need to have a balance. Yeah, if Eddie had been around now, you know, he probably would have... Well, he was around for years anyway. But it's that idea of if you want a presenter, have a presenter who's got some personality. Yeah, you don't want to listen to a robot, do you? No, you no. want somebody who's got an opinion because yeah. then it makes you either think they're talking rubbish or... They I might change your opinion, I yeah. I completely agree with them. Yeah, but either fair. way, at least... See, that's why I like Gary Neville. As a commentator? Yeah, because I just think you know exactly what he thinks about things because he tells you. Yeah, he tells it how it is. And I quite like that. I do. I don't like that... I don't agree with him a lot of the time. No, but not popular, is he? I quite like the fact that he says what he says. I mean, my favourite is Roy Keane. Yeah, he doesn't say much, does he? Uh, mean and moody. I picked him up in my cab as well once. What yeah. was he like? I uh, didn't say much. He did give me a tip. He did? Yeah, he did. Right. But again, he's only going from the boozer in Bowden. Doesn't matter. Back to his big house. Yeah. He might not have given you a tip. I'm delighted to hear that he did. Yeah. Because I really like him. Back to Eddie. Yeah, um... So, yeah, it all, it's all come round. History repeats itself yet again, you know, with the accents, the dialogues. And the personalities. Yeah, and he, he, he went on the uh, international version of It's a Knockout, of course, as a presenter. Well, I think that's where I remember him from. Do you? Yeah. Right, I remember him from the games on the Sally. Warrington, 23. St. Helens, they're not doing too well, 19. Good luck, that, John. I know his mother is from Wakefield. <laughs> But next to you, Jackie, is going to be Unabomber, which is a DJ team, Luke Unabomber, and his partner, Justin, who was oh. a member of the new Fast Automatic Daffodils. Quite punky bands, but went quite funky in the end, you know, with drum machines and stuff, very good. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, Luke Unabomber is a friend of mine. He moved over from Sheffield in 1992 to study art uh, over here. Settled here, basically, and adopted the home. Lived in Hume for a while. He started opening up bars. First one being Electric, the bar in Shorten there, where the banks are. Nice little bar. Sometimes go there to meet, you know, people. He's done very well for himself. He's 
took over the Refuge Hotel, the bar in there, that beautiful, beautiful bar. Oh, it's fantastic, that bar. Yeah. It's like something from a painting. I know, I love it. Just the, the, glass. T- the tiles in it and yeah. everything. I can sit there and just look at the ceiling and have a great night. And Because uh, I, live, I live next door to it, of course, in India House. So And I did go in it, you know, all the time. Well, it was a Refuge Assurance at first. For it was a hotel. Bit weird, of course, this year with uh, the pandemic and everything else, but I've been there a couple of times, and he has DJs there doing uh, brunch sets on a Saturday. Well worth going down. There's always a good DJ down there. Luke sometimes pops down himself. Was he a DJ? Yeah, yeah, the, the pair of them were Unabomber. Uh, Luke used to work for XFM Radio when they first opened, when they were actually on Salford Keys. In fact, he gave Andy a Saturday night slot for a while, Andy Rock. I remember him being on there. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because um, I used to drive him down there, you know, pick him up from the uh, box works, I think. Another U, Urban Splash, <laughs> redevelopers down the road. And I'd sit around the studio with him for a couple of hours and I'd uh, drop him back off home, you know, down the road. <laughs> Luke Unibomber, basically a soul boy. Uh, loves funk, rare groove, things like that. Does an internet radio station. Uh, very, very busy boy he is. And uh, I always have a real good laugh with him, you know, when I'm with him. He tells me a lot of stories about uh, how ecstasy came into Britain, who really brought it in. These characters that were living out in Ibiza, you know, in kind of, you know, caftans and what have you, from Manchester, all jibbers. And normally be going around robbing, you know, fur coats from Swiss restaurants. Had <laughs> <laughs> moved over there and brought it back. Very, very interesting tale. He was telling me about it. And I do know a couple of these characters, but I won't name them. <laughs> so, yeah, um, he opened a bar in Deadsbury Font, did Luke. He's just a dead funny guy. He's got great musical taste. And he does little video blogs, you know, minute long on Instagram bit like myself, I'm not as good as he is. You know, he's a born um, front man, really. I've been doing a bit of that myself, you know, a couple more for my thing, for my Simon Wollstonecroft YouTube channel. There's about 70 now on there. Wow. Just little clips. I know, your clips are great. A minute long. I went to another recording studio, Soul Studios in Berkshire. I was down that part of the world the other day. Thought, oh, I'll just pop along, see if you can still see it. But it's not a studio anymore. Somebody's bought it. I think it might be a yoga retreat or something. Oh, nice. Elton John had been there, opened in 75. Chris Rea, I think he, he, he wrote um, The Road to Hell there. It's quite near the M25, actually. But great studio. Basically on a, uh, an island in the Thames in a place called Cookham. It's about half an hour's drive outside of London. Beautiful, you know, uh, huge houses, woods, forests. We recorded the Extricate album there with Craig Leon, American producer from Atlanta, Georgia, um, who worked with Blondie. Did a load of other uh, sort of punky bands as well, did Craig. I like working with him, me. He had his wife, Castle Webb, who did a bit of backing singers on one of the tracks, but I don't know which one. And she was a, was a backing singer in the Mamas and Papas, was Castle, lovely girl. And we were there probably, I don't know, a week, two weeks, you know, block just in every day, living there. This beautiful surroundings. I had a, a little brook going through 
the studio itself, plate glass over it. <laughs> so you could see the river underneath. I think it was supposed to chill you out, or there might be ley lines or what have you. Jimmy Page, he owned it for a bit. I think he just sold it when we got in there. You know, devil worshipper, as you know, superb guitarist. Yeah, I do like one or two things by Led Zeppelin. You know, Cashmere in particular. Um, I really love that. Great drums again. I didn't see anything strange happening apart from Mark's goalkeeping uh, prowess, which was pretty poor. <laughs> well, we had a four-a-side game on the big lawn. OK, so who was playing? Well, it would have been the bands and a couple of roadies. So it was you, Steve, Craig, Craig. Mark. Were you on one team? I wasn't on... Uh, no, I was on the opposite side to Mark. Oh, OK. Because I remember pushing you know, a few goals right past him. Oh, no, that won't... But it was all arms and legs, Mark. And did he put himself in goal? Yeah, he said, I, I, I wouldn't want to be a football player. I, I want to be a goalkeeper, Simon. I like, I'd like to be a goalkeeper, which I thought was quite odd. Do you know any goalkeepers? No. No. But usually it's the kids who just want to stand around, not do much. I'd have thought he or wanted get to... Pipped. I thought he'd want to be the captain and be in charge and be number seven. No, not when it comes to sport. Did he do any other sport? We've seen him playing 10 pin bowling again. That was a sight to behold. You Why? Know? Well, it looked like he couldn't carry the ball. It was that heavy. <laughs> they wobbling about. Well, he wouldn't run up to, He wouldn't run up and roll it. Why? Was that not cool? I don't know whether he had the strength or the coordination. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he kind of just sort of squatted down and sort of pushed it with two hands down the, uh, the alley. I wish we had footage of that. Yeah. Sounds hilarious. Yeah, he wasn't really a sportsman at all. And what about the... So, back to the football. So, you put a few goals past him. Yeah, yeah. I was all right, you know. I know, but surely that's not going to make him happy. Well, you know, he'd probably have to think other things on his mind, Mark. But uh, it was a good album, Extricate. And, uh, Were you all getting on then? Well, I think uh, Mark had just split up with Bricks, so he was, was Saffron, his new wife. She would, she would have been in the team, you know, the football team. In fact, I think she's got photographs, if you're listening, Saffron. I want to see them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've got fond memories, so I'll pop down there anyway to see Soul Studios. I forgot what I was talking about. We, we, we went there because he, uh, Luke does his little videos. So Luke Unabomber, he threw... The best party, well, the party of the decade, it was about six years ago, at his bar that he'd now taken over, the refuge. I think it was sponsored by one of the uh, broadsheets. He was telling me, I don't want any footballers or Coronation Street actors. We just want people from the city of Manchester who, you know, do the music and the art and, you know, gave it its reputation, if you like. I was lucky enough to be uh, invited... And I went down, it was great, Mark Ronson, he was DJing, absolutely superb. I feel for you, Chaka Khan. And he put some weird mix on it, some massive speakers, He's unbelievable. He's such a great producer, isn't he? It's a great song, that, whatever you hear it on. Oh, absolutely, night. yeah. Free champagne it was, as long, you know, as much as he wanted. Moe as well, you know. Ah, what? I know, it was a great night, the, the party of the decade for me, really was, I was lucky to be invited. So that's Luke, great guy. The next you, Jackie, the Underground Market in Manchester. Now, I bet you've been there, haven't you? Yes, loved it. A few times. Every yeah. Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Get the 157 or the 
I got the two six three down, yeah, down through the sale into town. It was get, exciting, wasn't it? Get off at Piccadilly, walk down Market Piccadilly. Street, down Market Street at Pall Mall. There, do a right, actually, where the UCP tripe shop was. Oh, cafe. No. <laughs> uh, go down the escalators, or was it stairs? No, I think there were escalators. Might have been later. That rings a bell. Yeah, there was back stairs. Was another exit because I got chased through there once with John Squire. Basically, the Clash were in town playing at the Apollo like they did. And we were hanging about with their merchandising guy, Donald, who was a blonde albino, who had the crumbie, the biker boots, the tootle neckerchief. <laughs> we uh, were hanging out with Donald, and there was a lot of Perry boys there, you know, casuals, as they also known, with the pod shoes and the flick haircuts and the Lacoste T-shirts. Didn't take too kindly to this Cockney guy, who stuck out like a sore thumb because he was an albino <laughs> in their town walking around like he owned it down in the market. And we got chased and me and John were with Donald and we, we ran back, the three of us. But we got back to the band's hotel opposite the courts there. So the underground market's full of all different youth cultures and gangs all lining each other up. A couple of record shops there, underground records. Great. First time I ever heard Heart of Glass by Blondie. And it just blew my mind, was coming out of the speakers out of that shop. And I bought a few records off there, you know, vinyl. <laughs> Probably bought a leather jacket from another shop or a pair of jeans off that shop. I remember buying jeans from the underground market. My friend Nick used to work there. My other friend Dog, he worked in there. Dog. There, was a, there was a gang of them, yeah. <laughs> called John Smith, I think. So you can see why he changed his name. They all worked together on a stall, and I loved it. I just thought it was great. Just thinking, I, yeah, I know a rat. <laughs> Do you know a rat? Do you know rats? No, I don't know yeah, rats. Yeah, he's a musician. <laughs> I think dog's bad. What do you mean called rat? Hey, rat. <laughs> yeah, but do you remember the lad at the Hacienda that was called Shed? <laughs> no. I mean, he was called Jay in real life, but I, uh, he used to Shed. Be, Shed. He used to be on the door, and he'd say to me, I'd go, hi, Jay, and he'd go, it's not Jay, call me Shed. So Dog worked on one of the stalls, and I loved which, it. Which stall was it? I don't know, but it was jeans and it was oh, jackets. Okay. Right, and it was, yeah. yeah. And I I'd just Aladdin, hang around listening to the music. and. I think Aladdin's Cave were down there, weren't they? Where were Johnny they? had uh, dealings with. Yes, I think they were. He worked in another were. shop, didn't he? Above ground, so to speak, round the corner. But there was a cafe in there as well, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a cafe. You could get a you know, plate of chips and gravy, dead cheap, and a brew. And it was a bit 70s. There were stairs that were sort of 70s with the panel, you know, with the... Yeah. Um, I've seen stuff on online. People are breaking into the, that space now, you know, years later. A lot of people do that, don't they? go exploring down ditches and drains and... So is it, was it all just boarded up? Yeah, it was all uh, concreted over the stairway there, you know, next to the UCP tripe shop there on Palmwell. <laughs> Where, where you went. It was You've got stairs. shares in that shop. <laughs> no, it was stairs down, I remember that. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah. there were definitely stairs there down. There were stairs going out back at the back near Spring Gardens. That's right. That's the way, we, when we got chased by the Perry boys, that's the way we went out, out the back, and come up near Spring Gardens where the post office is, or was, and off we went, you know, and got away. 
But yeah, exciting time that day was. But it was one of the places to go, wasn't it, in town? Yeah. The, the underground just, market. You had to make, it was Afflex. You, you go to Afflex. Well, I don't think that was going when I was 16, 17. No, that was probably a bit later. Yeah. But that was one of the places to go. Underground market. I remember HMV. Yeah, at yeah, the bottom of Market Street. Yeah, the, and I used to get uh, a wimpy. Do you remember the wimpy? Yeah, was of course I do. Yeah, wimpy. And uh, then I'd get the bus back, delighted right. with myself. Yeah, well, it was an adventure, wasn't it? It was a great Saturday. Yeah, I used to buy. Yeah, I used to buy al- albums from Virgin, whatever. I remember me and John. I think we all got the two six three when Nevermind the Bollocks came out. Everybody was dead excited, and we all came home with a copy. You know, couldn't wait to slam it on the deck. My sister got a copy. On the first day? Yeah, and right. put it right at the front of what? the albums in the living room. Right, to annoy your mum. Mum was furious. Yeah, yeah. Because it was wait. luminous, wasn't it? It was pink and yellow. It was <laughs> It was yellow and pink, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. <laughs> so mum would keep putting it to the back of all the... You know, it'd be like Johnny Cash and, you know, those sorts of Valdunican albums. Yeah, Neil Sedaka. Yeah, and then Maria would be bringing it back to the front and again. And its way to the front as if by magic. <laughs> yeah, great album. And uh, when I saw them play in 96 at the Phoenix Festival, they uh, reproduced it exactly how it was on the album. Super powerful, brilliant. Okay. Yeah, so it was a great day out going into Manchester on a Saturday on the bus. Yeah, what great times we had down there in the underground market. <laughs> My next you, Jackie, is going to be the fall song, US 80s, 90s which was off Ben Sinister, my first one. My favourite one I played on, as I said to you, This Nation Saving Grace, I think is the best fall album of all. The one before Ben Sinister. The music is like a rap, a rap song, rap beat, and I used to love performing it live. You know, wherever we were, it just sounded uh, very, very powerful. Mark loved rap. He used to like Snap, that band, The Power, which is a great song. I remember uh, dancing with him in uh, Munich in a techno club, just me and him. Uh, one of our, you know, nights out together when we wandered, when we got back from the gig or whatever. Were you dancing with ladies to it? Oh or yeah. Just oh no, so not just the two of you getting up for a dance. What, just me dancing me? <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. No. Oh, so you'd ask ladies to dance with? Well, we just get in the middle of a, uh, the dance floor, wouldn't we? Just snap the power, come on, and we boogie down. We did it all over, you know, New York or wherever, LA. Yeah, and he loved rap, Mark. He bought me a rap album once from Italy. I've still got it. What's well, on a cassette? I can't tell you who it's by because I can't remember. What a nice gesture. And he said it's poetry rap, you know, it really is. You know, the words, the spoken word, it gives it its, you know, style. So, yeah, uh, US 80s, 90s, recorded at Strawberry 2, Strawberry's uh, y- uh, younger sister, across the road there. And I love it. And also, I've got another song for you, Blondie's Union City Blues. What an epic piece of uh, music that is. I love the video for it as well. Shot on one of those piers in New York with the aircraft carrier. It's got everything I like, you know, big drum sound, poppy, great chorus. She looks fantastic. She always did. Debbie She is my favourite female singer. She was gorgeous, wasn't she? Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah. And Picture This is one of my favourite songs. Picture This, that was a good one. I mean, what a great song that is. Yeah, yeah. I like Clem Burke's drumming style. 
as well. Thought he was very good. But Union City Blues was my favourite Blondie track. When you hear it in the car, that's when you blast out, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? a proper anthem. Forget about Bruce Springsteen. You know, this is a lot better, I think. It's a lot prettier than Bruce. <laughs> The next U is UB40, the Birmingham-based band. Great band, actually. And when they first started out, they had um, an EP, I think it was, called UB40 in dub. It was a 12-inch, you know, three or four tracks. Brilliant, really, really good. And they've had, you know, uh, I like that one, of Rat in My Kitchen. That song, I love that. Uh, having worked in kitchens and what have you. <laughs> and got a friend called Rat. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> I went to um, a UB40 album launch in Birmingham. Oh, did you? In the 90s. Right. Yeah, and met all the band. Were they all there? Well, I think so. Ali It's and, difficult and to tell, yeah. I think they were all still together then and getting on. Right. Oh, that's nice to hear. It was great. It was a great night because it was all free drinks. Yeah, they must split the money equally, I guess, with them lads. But actually, when, when I was with the fall, in the, I think it was the early 90s, we were recording in their studio, which is just off the Spaghetti Junction on an industrial estate. And uh, it's a good studio. The saxophone player, who had ginger hair, he wanted to get on the record, but I think Mark said, do one, you know. I don't think he let him play in it. He might have done. He might have been, ended up on the um, cutting room floor, so to speak. I'm not sure. I wouldn't mind finding out if anybody knows that though. Whether he did play on any of the fall tracks. What was the what was the song you were doing at the time or the album? Well it would have been around shift work. It was early nineties, I'm sure it was. And uh, he was hanging about, you know, well it's his studio, the band studio, so he's entitled to. Yeah, but not to play on everybody's tracks. Well, you know. You can't just join in. Well you can have give it a go, can't you? If you don't ask, you don't get. Well, I suppose. So he did ask, but he didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, great band, and uh, I've never seen them live, but uh, I like some of the records, and why not? Yeah, they're still being played on the radio. Oh, of course they are, yeah. 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 They have split, though, haven't they? There's, are there two UB40s now? Probably. That's always happens. Yeah. There's two Slades, uh, two Sweets, you know. It's a shame, really. It is a shame, but it's brothers, isn't it? Again, falling out. Is that what it was? Ali and his brother? I think so. Right. Yeah, you see, the classic thing again. Oh, well, good luck to them. <laughs> My next U is the U-96, which is the code given to a U-boat from the film Das Boot. <laughs> now, have you seen that, Jackie? No. The boat, it's about a German submariners in the Second World War on the U-96, and they go um, underwater for, you know, weeks, months, I think. And I'm slightly claustrophobic. That wouldn't work for me at all. Would you be able to stay? Well, this is what I was going to say. I mean, I've spent about 48 hours on a bus travelling across America with a fall, although I don't think even Mark was with us. <laughs> it was what? bad enough. Where was he? <laughs> well, he probably would have flown, you know. Uh, made all the band go over. Right. <laughs> well, isn't cycled to Right, wait a minute. He'd fly and he'd make you all go on the bus? Well, why wouldn't he? It was his band. You know, we were just getting wages, so I was quite happy. It was a lot easier to travel on a bus when Mark wasn't on it because, you know, he, he, might, he might cause trouble. He might get his gaffer tape out. Well, that's yeah, there was that as well. <laughs> he did travel on the bus, of course, and comedy of the back lounge. Mm. 
But we, we went, to, I think it was from Boston to Vancouver, say. It's a long way, you know. And it just did me head in. Obviously, you can stop there, though, and get out. Um, some hairy-ass truck truckers <laughs> at a truck stop, <laughs> which is quite an eye-opener, I can tell you. Yeah. I've seen some weird English punks walking in a diner, you know, and all these guys, alpha males with lumberjack shirts and baseball hats. <laughs> quite scary, some of them. It really is scary. Yeah, they were, honestly. I remember Dave Bush being particularly scared <laughs> one day. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Hiya Dave, if you're listening, I love you. And um, so it, what that reminds you of being on a U-boat? Well, what I'm saying is I don't think I'd be a good submariner, not for the, uh, the Navy. Because <laughs> you just go berserk, don't you? That's no, what I'd think. Nobody, I... nobody can agree on the music they play. But we used to watch Das Boot. The Boat. It was a German film, big budget, made in 81. They made Subtitles. A yeah. We watched it, you know, as we were travelling across America. Um, it was kind of one of the staple video cassettes that you found. You got your um, faulty towers, only fools in a horses. They were sort of guaranteed to be in the collection of videos that bands, you know, British or American would... Uh, Leaving the uh, the library, the video library, and Zulu, of course. Zulu, yeah, we yeah, came across that more than once, actually. Would you pick a film to watch? Well, Apocalypse Now, which uh, I mentioned was my favourite film. Oh, so you'd have that on the tour bus? Yeah, I would. It's quite a long film. And what are you listening to? The music. Oh, oh, oh the music. Right. Well, uh, TLC. Um, one big tour we do. We had a new TLC album. And what, you'd pick an album and what and play it on repeat and listen to it. Yeah, that'd be the uh, the CD as it was then that you you know have for the whole tour, and we we all loved it, all the band. But as I say, Mark wasn't with us on that one. He was flying from place to place, but he's entitled to. He was, of course, he was. Uh, we wouldn't be there without him. Yeah, and uh, there was a band in Germany who did um, an app, sort of a dance track. The band was called U ninety six. I don't know whether you remember it. it, came out in about 1991, quite trancy as I remember it. A Navy life wouldn't be for me at all. <laughs> so in this retraining that the government are going for at the moment, that's not one that you'd go... I think they wouldn't have me, I'm too old. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I had to retrain. I'm trained to do anything. <laughs> no, I've not trained as this far. Yeah, exactly. No. I told you when I went to the, uh, you know careers officer and she kept trying to get me to work at the airport just because I live yeah. near it. Yeah. So that would probably be the only way. Well, that's probably just to get her figures up. You know, you might you likely take a job that's only two or three miles down the road. It might have been a, a good career for you, Jackie. I don't think so, thank you very much. Well, not see yourself. Well, you, could, you could be the fisherman by the side, <laughs> couldn't you? What, Manchester Airport? <laughs> <laughs> Must be a lake somewhere. There's nearby. the River Bolling, of course. Yes. Which they had to divert when Swampy and his crew uh, took over because they didn't want to ruin the la when they built Runway 2, of course. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, it was in all the papers. Swampy and his uh, fellow travellers and all these housewives from um, Wimslow used to come, you know, with bags for, <laughs> from booths, you know, whatever else, full of goodies for Swampy and, all, um, and his friends. And did it work? It staved off the um, bailiffs who eventually got the upper hand and uh, removed them. But, they, yeah, they were just trying to protect the wildlife around there. 
which is, you know, admirable, really. Progress, they call it, don't they? Another runway. Do you want that high-speed rail link? Do I want it? Um, no, because it takes two and a half hours anyway to London. Why would I want it? And ruin what the land- landscape. An affordable helicopter uh, surface. <laughs> Well, you've lost the oh, argument now, Simon. <laughs> no, of course I don't want that, but what I would like is a helicopter pad. Well, one day, Jackie. One day. They never thought we'd have, you know, be able to speak to people on phones on the other side of the world, did they, in real time? I still don't know how fax machines work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we need a soundtrack for the letter U. What have you got? Okay, well, I'm going to go with Union City Blues by Blondie. Epic it is. Second one, Concrete Jungle for specials. Next one is Dead Mouse, I Remember. I'm going to go with, controversially, you may think, The Promise Girls Aloud. What's that song? Oh, it's a belter. Mm. And then Be There by Uncle featuring Ian Brown. Great, okay. So I'll see you next week. Yes, you will. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale, and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size A to Z of Manchester. Thanks for listening to Funky Size A to Z of Manchester. If you're enjoying this series, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.